I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. J.C. Hall, my husband and co-host, and I will be bringing you today's current events the way they ought to be brought to you, the way the news is supposed to be presented to you, the way I believe Thomas Jefferson would approve of news being sent to you with fact, not fake, truth, not propaganda, and principle, not political party agenda, constitution, and current events just for you right here on the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal every Monday through Thursday. And then we have our double dose of Chris Ann Hall show every Saturday. I hope that you're keeping up. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. If this is your 101st time, welcome to the show. Do you know that we have nearly a thousand shows recorded? Cool. Isn't that cool? So if this is your 900th time, welcome to the show. I wonder how many people realize I've been doing this now for six years. Six years, this radio show. Pretty exciting. I'm happy to be here. And uh, I, I just, I can't believe how much conversation is provided to us. I say that very kindly. Conversation is provided to us over this upcoming election over the the uh, Kavanaugh confirmation and the exposing of the political party desperation. Uh, did, dear, did you did you see this clip with Kamala Harris and Kavanaugh? I, I read about it. I didn't see it. You read about it? it? Okay, so that's what we're going to do first here. We're going to listen to Kamala Harris ask... Uh, Judge, uh, judicial nomination uh, nominee uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, a question about his understanding of the Constitution, and I just want to—I'm not, I'm not giving you a whole lot because I want you to hear it from her mouth. But I want to tell you that it just totally—it—it—I, you know, I didn't even make it through the whole time, uh, the first time I heard it. But I want you guys to hear it, and then we're going to talk about it because this is important. This is an important learning moment. See, that's what I think Kavanaugh's hearing is all about, these teaching moments, teaching moments for the people. So listen to what Camilla Harris has to say, what she believes is a very important question during the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. 
I'm going to ask you about unenumerated rights. Mm -hmm. So you gave a speech praising former Justice Rehnquist's dissent in Rhodes. Been much discussion about that, and you wrote, "quote um, Celebrating his success, that success in stemming the general tide of freewheeling judicial creation of unenumerated rights." That is what you said in celebration of Justice Rehnquist. So unenumerated rights is a phrase that lawyers use, but I want to make clear what we're talking about. It means rights that are protected by the Constitution, even if they're not specifically mentioned in the Constitution. Right. So they're not in that book that you carry. So what we're talking about is the right to vote. That's an unenumerated right. The right to have children. The right to control the upbringing of your children the right to refuse medical care, the right to love the partner of your choice, the right to marry, and the right to have an abortion. Now, putting those unenumerated rights in the context of the statement you made, which was to praise the stemming of the general tide of freewheeling creation of unenumerated rights, which means you were, the interpretation there is you were praising the, 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 the quest to end those unenumerated rights. My question to you is which of the rights that I just mentioned do you want to put an end to or roll back? Uh, three points, I believe, uh, Senator. First, the Constitution. Uh, it is in the book <laughs> that I carry. The Constitution protects uh, unenumerated rights. That's what the Supreme Court has said. Uh, did you catch that? That book, that book that you carry. Mm -hmm. how, I mean, let me, let me tell you a little bit about Kamala Harris. She is an attorney. She is an attorney. She served as the 32nd Attorney General of the state of California, which means she's been to law school. As an attorney, she, rose, she, she raised her right hand and said, I swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. As the Attorney General of California, she raised her hand and said, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And as a senator for the state of California, she, rose her she raised her hand and said, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. But I don't think anybody, I don't think that anybody could deny the contempt in her voice when she says, that book you carry. Mm -hmm. And then I, I want to know, did you catch the second thing in there? You know, the whole thing was all about unenumerated rights. Yeah, so it's, it strikes me that apparently that's a phrase that's used so that you you know you can kind of then um, s sort of just make up whatever list you want to make up and and it I mean it seems like you sort of say enumerated rights and you 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 throw out that idea and then it allows you to say whatever so well, that somebody can't come back and come against it so I can say a right to a free education a right to whatever because they because all all that are un those are unenumerated rights to them right free exactly. healthcare free so you can just it, it seems like sort of a phrase used to give permission to claim, uh, well, you have a video talking about benefits versus benefits rights. Benefits versus so rights. So it seems like this, you know, they do that sort of play fast and loose. Uh, let's let's say rights and then let's slip some things in there that 
we just want their wants right uh, or things that infringe upon a natural right of another human right. being right and that's that's like there's two aspects to that so I'm glad you picked up on that one the uh, rights versus benefits aspect yeah. but then the the other thing that struck me maybe because I'm an attorney maybe because I'm I'm you know I'm, I have this proclivity to be sensitive about these things but this idea that these unenumerated rights come from the Supreme Court. But yeah. you see, um, Kavanaugh was, was correct to an extent. He says, look, that book that I carry, these unenumerated rights are protected in the Constitution. And it's because of the Ninth Amendment. Remember what the Ninth Amendment says? Yeah. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others mm -hmm. retained by the people. Now you've you've sat through the course on the 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 principles of the Bill of Rights, right? That I teach. I teach it at Liberty First University, and uh, it teaches why we have the Bill of Rights. And remember, this Ninth Amendment is there because there was a fear that by listing certain rights of the people, the government would come back to us and say, hey, you've got a nice list, but guess what? That one's not on the list, so it must be okay for us to deny or disparage. It must be okay for us to regulate it, right? Because it's not on the list. So James Madison, as, as a solution to that problem, how do we make the list but not give the government power, unwanted power through the interpretation of the list, says, okay, I've drafted this clause and let's, it, as a solution to that. And the solution is, hey, just because we made a list doesn't mean it's a comprehensive list. It doesn't mean that it's the only rights that the people hold. So... Her, her presumption, her assertion that these unenumerated rights are the result of the Supreme Court, just more judicial supremacy, right? Just more uh, of this ideology that we have nothing unless the Supreme Court lowers its scepter and says, okay. But in the meantime... We're not going to recognize that the Constitution recognizes these quote-unquote unenumerated rights. Why? Because of what you said. We want to add benefits to that list that are not rights. So what's the difference between a right and a benefit? I mean, it's what I cover in the video, rights versus benefits. A right is something that you have... Uh, by, by birth. It's a natural right. It's something that belongs to you. A benefit is something that you have to take from somebody else to give to you or to someone else. For example, you do not have a right to national health care. You do not. Because in order for you to have national health care, we have to take something from someone else so that you can have national health care. Now, you know that national health care, the, the, the proper term for that is free health care, right? Uh -huh. Health care at no cost to you. So in order for you to have a right, and I'm doing air quote things, to free health care, it is not a right, it's a benefit, because now I have to take from somebody else and give that to you. Now, whether it's money to pay for the services or it's the services themselves because you realize 
that the uh, either the doctors have to be paid or they have to perform the service for free. The people who create the tools and the equipment and the medical supplies that go along with that service, that costs them money. So either they have to they have to provide that at no cost to you because there is nothing free. Or I have to take money from someone else to pay them so you don't have to pay for it. And I think that's a really good example of the difference between a right and a benefit. Mm -hmm. A right to freedom of speech. I don't have to take anything from anybody for me to speak freely. The right to freedom of religion. I don't have to take anything from anybody for me to have the freedom to, to uh, believe according to the dictate of my conscience. But the right to something, uh, to claim that the right to something is stealing from another person so you don't have to pay for it is completely wrong. And that's what she's trying to do. This clip that we just heard from Kamala Harris is just simply more proof to what I've been saying now for six years that we don't teach the Constitution in law school. I mean, think about that. She's, she's not only an attorney, but she was also the attorney general of the state, which means she's the highest attorney in the state. Mm -hmm. She is the attorney for the, pe for the entire body of the people of California, for the entire laws of the state of California, for all of the, uh, the entire state as a whole. And she, number one, does not understand the difference between rights and benefits. Number two, she doesn't have any clue about what the Ninth Amendment says and what it means, and that she refers to the Constitution as that book. I'm, I'm not sure... Reading Gors uh, excuse me, reading Kavanaugh's responses, I'm not sure he has a substantially <laughs> better understanding about the Ninth Amendment than no. she does. Somewhat better. Somewhat. But again, it, at it, least he knows it's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I, it, however, he certainly doesn't, it doesn't understand the Fourth seem Amendment. Like he cares a whole lot that yeah. is there. I mean, again, if you look at his response, mm -hmm. it went back to Supreme Court precedent. I mean, yeah. here, here, this was another example. I think he responds to Senator Cruz about the Ninth, Ninth Amendment, and he says the phrase again. He said, what Supreme Court, the rights that Supreme Court precedent protects. Not the Constitution. Right. But the, the Supreme Court precedent protects. And then he, he, he put, uh, what did he, he said, um, uh, this precedent, the Constitution, and something he he put on. Uh, he said three roads, uh, right? These two mm -hmm. clauses and Supreme Court doctrine. So he he puts them all on equal footing, right? And yeah. then you can just pick a road, whichever one takes you wherever. Then, then that it's takes good. you where you want to yeah, go. Supreme Court precedent, or the Ninth Amendment, or uh, the Privileges Immunities Clause. They're just three roads. So. He had he has some really bizarre answers. Like when Gorsuch was apparently asked uh, a similar question, right? So he said, mm -hmm. "Do you believe that there is a right to privacy 
in the Constitution. You know what his answer was? Yes, I do. That yes. was his answer, right? Right. right. Uh, Kavana- <laughs> yes, I do. Kavanaugh gives this. Well, there's three roads and this and that Supreme Court precedent, and you look at 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 this uh, this doctrine and and the Gluckersburg case, and I mean he he goes on and on in this rambling Supreme Court pre- uh, precedent uh, precedent focus. So yeah. when you, I think what you said before, you know, you talk about Kennedy, right? Oh, uh, Kennedy's gone, and we've made much of this now. Uh, understanding it's not the same as right it's significant because the left is not appointing their justice they're not 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 confirming their guy who's going to swing it way left right is right. he's not another ginsburg however you've not done much of anything you've replaced kennedy with kennedy right that's it Right. Well, at best, Kennedy. At best. At best, Kennedy. <laughs> so, so I look at this like uh, Harris's questions are absurd, and Kavanaugh's answer in this context not not a lot better. So, I'm, what did <laughs> what did what did Cruz ask? Do you have that in front of you? What exactly did Cruz ask Kavanaugh? Well, do he's you know? he well Cruz references. He says, "What do you make of the Ninth Amendment?" And he mm-hmm. he's referencing, and then he references Bork, right? Robert Bork and uh-huh. his confirmation, who 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 was really who gave some bizarre answers, like mm-hmm. probably even worse than Kavanaugh. So mm-hmm. Bork kind of says basically, uh, almost took the point that um, the Constitution gives rights, yeah, right? Because he said, okay, well, if the protection is not in there. This is what he famously said, and he calls the Ninth Amendment an ink blot, right? And and and, <laughs> and, in, and in the explanation, okay, if the Constitution and Bill of Rights don't specifically, you know, uh, lay out this protection, he sa- then he says majority rules, whatever the majority wants, that's what we should do, and then there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, that was basically his answer. So Cruz says. You know, here's what Bork said in this. Do you agree? And so that's when he comes with this sort of rambling uh, Supreme Court precedent is equal to uh, really, honestly, kind of the benchmark. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, Just it's it's astounding to me. He's there with that book, and the Constitution is in the book, but he never attributes most of the time the Constitution with being the central thing. As and from every direction we cry revolution standing together and without permission soldiers for truth in the war of attrition the love of our country as our The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Well, welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Your daily news, the way it should be delivered to you, fact, not fake, 
truth, constitution, and principle. And you know, I, I've said from the get-go that Kavanaugh was not my first pick. He has a strange uh, well, he's uh, all judicial philosophy. about it's really weird. Well, he's, no, it's not really strange. It's judicial supremacy well, is what it is. I know. It's strange in the sense of it's nonsensical. I mean, it doesn't okay. make sense. Okay, when when, thi- when two things don't make sense, then we're missing part of the picture, right? So let me suggest to you, because we've had this conversation quite some uh, a few times about these confirmation hearings, mm-hmm. about them being throwaways. Yep. The people just say what, what they think you want correct. to say. Well, we're in the Trump administration, and the Trump, the constituency that pushes the Trump administration, you have to admit, is more constitutionally minded and astute, at least more constitutionally verbal. Okay, maybe they don't. Uh, th- okay, the I would say a portion. Th- there, uh, the I would. Base. S- I would say you. Let's. I would say it this way: you can find those people in. In amongst them. Well, what right? I'm going to say is they're they're they may not they're they may be hypocritical in their application. They may be uh, overzealous. The Trump movement, they may Trump be Trump movement whatever. is populism. Populism. Right. But what they but they do they are very very verbal about the Constitution right. and about founding sure. fathers. Yeah. Right. I see what you're you saying. You see what I'm saying? They're yeah, verbal yeah. about it. Right? right. And so maybe this is part of the thing that he, role that he knows he has to play. He has to have that book, which I thought for me. So kind of like Clinton carrying his big, big fat Bible. Exactly, Clinton carrying his big fat Bible. So here's what I think. But they went out of their. But the news, the media, like Fox and different ones, went out of their way to. Oh, it's tattered and it's obviously used. It's legit. No, no, no. Really, I think he went out of his way to provide a tattered version because I'm uh-huh. going to tell you what if I'm going before the Supreme Court uh, uh, before a Senate uh, confirmation hearing I'm going to have a new copy that I can read that's not torn that the pages aren't you know weary why would you have it anyway I, well you I know, mean to me I, it just strikes as this is a prop from it, the get-go exactly like, man you, that's what I'm saying the whole tattered this? thing was just a little bit over you're the top for me you're about to be confirmed me. to the Supreme Court and you still have to carry this thing around <laughs> you don't know it well enough by now yeah I don't know it's it's well of course he doesn't know it by now because well, he only always, went to law school and in the judiciary we don't teach the constitution. So you'll probably get unfriended by thousands of people but I just have always thought it odd in many cases of the carrying around the pocket constitution mm-hmm. it it it's it's like a symbol. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. I don't and I'm not saying I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush but everybody but what I'm saying is I've run into a ton of people that carry the pocket constitution as a symbol, mm-hmm. right? But then as we're talking and as you get to know the people, they don't even think about it. Right. So so how that's, like, we're supposed to accept, like, just because you have a pocket constitution, then that just, that's it? Oh, okay, yeah, you, you're right. You're well, right. we you, know you, from you a know fact everything. that Come just on. simply no, reading the constitution doesn't teach you yeah, what you need to know po- anyway. My point is, who cares what he's carrying around? I mean, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. So people, uh, that's what I don't get. You, we're right. getting distracted by this. I mean, we we ran an argument this last week and people saying, and I, did, I didn't argue with them, but there's, oh, his, it was tattered, so we know it was legit. Who cares? What is 
what does that have to do with anything? Listen to what the man says. It was tattered. You don't think that that could have been somebody else? I mean, I don't understand the legitimacy because he's because it's tattered. I don't get that. Whether it's new, tattered, it doesn't matter. Whether he's the fact that he has it. That's what I'm Mm -hmm. saying. Oh, he has he has a part constitution. So what does that mean? Does that add to his argument? I don't understand. Not only that, that is totally illogical. People, come on, don't be you know that mindless. We what's funny is that has nothing to do with. What's what funny is we know that there are several publications of those pocket constitutions that are not even accurate. But it's irrelevant. So, uh, it's I know. A, I just think it's total funny. Total red herring. Yeah. It's meaningless. If you have to, if if the the way that you have to say this guy is a is a good nominee is because he's holding a pocket constitution really yeah that's that's the weighty argument that we have come on let's talk about what he's saying what Mm -hmm. does he know and believe about this thing he's carrying around and i'm telling you if you listen to his answers over and Mm -hmm. over and over and over again they don't hold the Constitution. He doesn't hold the Constitution in high regard. No. Given his answers, or else he's confused about it. He <laughs> constantly refers, I think, erroneously saying, when, when you say, correct me if I'm wrong, if he says Supreme Court precedent protects these rights, is that a factual statement? No. So, but he's holding a pocket Constitution. <laughs> but remember, our founders told us, even um, Alexander Hamilton said that the, the judiciary is the weakest branch. It has no force. So the Supreme Court precedent can't protect anything because it has no force. Yeah. They're just simply words on well, a page. Look, I don't, again, I don't think the guy's some big boogeyman. The left is trying mm-hmm. to freak out. Right. He's going to do this. He's going to destroy the press. I don't think that. But at the same time, is he, is he a Gorsuch? Is he a Scalia? Is he Thomas Jefferson? I mean, no, I, I think he's he's got... I think he's a typical judicial supremacist, federal supremacist, yeah. um, you know, run-of-the-mill, center-of-the-road, uh, Kennedy-type justice. Nothing, nothing significant has changed about the Supreme Court other than the fact that you've now reset the clock. So you basically have put this now guy you have in Kennedy there. for another forty years. Yeah, which which that's fine. You've main what you've done is you maintain, maintain the, the status, status quo, quo, and you have not given the court to the left, right? Right. But that doesn't mean this guy is some great jurist. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's absolutely not. He's for federal expansion of power. His opinions on the Fourth Amendment are absolutely frightening. No, if anything, his idea that the that the president cannot be. Uh, uh, held accountable under the laws is is frightening. I think if anything, you change the court with the previous appointment. Yeah, Gorsuch. Yeah, changed absolutely. the court. You know what Not bothered me is is they tried to present Kavanaugh and described as be him as being a Jeffersonian. No way. But he is no way a Jeffersonian. As a matter of fact, he is the the jurist that Jeffer that Jefferson warned us about I think so. when he said my greatest fear that's Jefferson Jefferson saying my greatest fear is the federal judiciary yeah. the body which creeps like gravity you know holding every every step um, silently taking every step and holding every step that it gains he was talking in metaphor by about precedent yeah, and and well, that's what, that's who he is. The one interesting thing in in researching and reading 
about this stuff was actually reading some of Robert Bork's uh, responses. That's what was most interesting yeah. to me because he's the celebrated. Oh, they they railroaded this guy, mm-hmm. again. and then you read some of the stuff he answered. Oh my goodness, frightening! Some frightening statements that this guy made. Yeah, uh, the Ninth uh, Amendment being an ink blot. Oh, just it was That's really crazy. Serious. I never knew. I never knew that. I just always heard. You know, he's yeah. always celebrated because he because he was torpedoed by the left. For different reasons. Well, he's a martyr, so he has to eat, exactly. You know, like as James a martyr, Dean. yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a great, <laughs> great actor! actor Why? Because he died, right? Like the like the Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. Right. right. Oh man, he's just oh, he's now. the greatest musician of all time. Why? Because he died. So you die, and then all the or, you know. So he's sort of the political his political death. Yeah. Made him this larger than life, whatever. Right. But then I actually go back and read his responses, and I go. Wow, this is the guy we were cheering for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why I, why I said, and I have said, uh, you know, that that Kavanaugh is not going to change anything. No. You've got Senator Collins receiving three thousand hangers from anti-abortionist <laughs> abortion activists to try to get her to not vote in favor of Kavanaugh. You, you know what? Uh, this hey, let me let me just say this real clear before you go on. Just be clear, everybody, listen. Shh, quiet. Roe v. Wade will not change with Kavanaugh. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You know what it's strikes me It's not going to happen. Because the left is, is not listening to, to him. Yeah. Right? They're not listening to... Th- He's so told us it's not going to change. They're listening to their sort of media side, right? Their version of it, what the media tells them, the propaganda uh-huh. and the stirring them up. Mm-hmm. So I see the same thing on the right Right, because mm-hmm. on the cons- the quote unquote conservative side, he's being celebrated as a constitutionalist, this and that. Okay, you're obviously listening to, you know, the conservative media right characterization of this guy, right, and not actually listening to him, right. So both sides getting it wrong. None of them are listening to him. No, because Kavanaugh is completely and totally married to. Uh, he's completely and totally married to pe- precedent. Yeah, uh, I was on. What was I? I was on um, Law and Crime mm-hmm. with the liberal attorney who was pro-choice, and he he proffered that that Kavanaugh being on the court would allow the court to chip away yeah. at Roe v. Wade. Right. I, I don't even see that happening uh, un, un, unless we understand that Roe and its subsequent uh, opinions also had a caveat that said, most people forget that the court said, if science can prove to us that viability begins at an earlier stage, which, of course, is not supposed to be the purview of the court, mind you, but they have that caveat in row. Well, our science can grow babies in the test tube outside the womb. There can be life outside the womb, and that was the caveat. So if they think chipping away means actually complying with yeah. Roe. So yeah, exactly. It's so actually wanna, complying so with Roe. So if you want to stick to right, the letter of the law, right. so to speak, if you look at the actual decision itself, then it should be done. Right, exactly. It should, it should no longer be valid. Right, that, and that's my point. So it's not actually chiffing away or undermining. You're actually complying with the letter of the law based, yeah. uh, well, letter of the opinion, because Correct. we know Roe v. Wade yeah. is not the letter of the law, but you know what we're trying to say, right? It's an idiom. It's, it's an idiom, right. <laughs> Just the same. <laughs> an idiom for idiots. Yeah, so <laughs> the same. 
it's just a saying. But nonetheless, uh, you know, here we have this hysteria, right? Now, I'm just wondering, how desperate will the Democrats become before November? Because we have now, uh, we've got this uh, Cynthia Nixon being attacked by Cuomo for being anti-Semitic. And, I mean, it's just this complete... If, if they can't get you in one way, they're going to call you racist. They're going to call you names. What is this all about for the Democrat Party? Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our final segment. And we're just talking about this, this vitriol, this hate that oh. is living in the hearts of Democrats. And apparently Democrats are not even immune from their own hate. Okay, let me say this. I think it's disgusting. However, when I see them getting a taste of their own medicine, yeah. I can't say that I feel... Sorry for Cynthia Nixon. Well, that's your party, Cynthia Nixon. That's what you do. Exactly. That's what you all do. So what did you expect? Well, here's the interesting thing. So the New York State Democratic Committee uh, sent out campaign literature implying that Cynthia Nixon is anti-Semitic. And uh, the, the, fail, the flyer says, quote, with anti-Semitism and bigotry on the rise, we can't take a chance with inexperienced Cynthia Nixon, right? Mm-hmm. So Nixon is a Democrat. Right. And she's running against uh, Cuomo, right? And so here's what we have, uh, them attacking each other. My question is, okay, Cynthia Nixon uh, is a lesbian. So if Cynthia Nixon beats Cuomo in the primaries, mm-hmm. does that mean the Republicans can call her anti-Semitic? Does that mean, you know, in that election that these names can be used against her by the Republican Party because the Democrats are using that against her? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I'm, think it works that way. No, but that's my point. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. But it shouldn't. Why are these people so ugly? What is it? It reminds me of that quote by Thomas Paine about people who hold humanity in contempt. That's who they are. Well, I mean... the. the the thing is, when you don't have an argument, I mean, this, that, that's what you have to resort to. So it's like the immigration discussion. Why you know, are you're, they? You're, you're a neo-Nazi, you're uh, uh, Islamophobic, you're anti-immigrant, xenophobic, blah, blah, blah. So it, if you, you talk about border security, right, not a racial issue, security issue, and all of a sudden you're a racist, you're this, you're that. So it, it keeps you from actually having... To have an actual discussion, or you use the word articulate to describe someone. Yeah, so you're a racist. racist. It's it's a way to shut down uh, the opposition. So you you don't have to engage in a in a discussion, a substantive discussion about the actual issues. Well, that I, way you don't have to actually know anything about. Okay, the that's issues. what I say. They don't know anything about the issues. Yeah. Well, if name calling works, then you don't have to. 
Right. That's the whole point. Well, and it shouldn't work. But it does. Human Why? nature. Yeah, see, that's so very sad. This is the state of politics that we live in today. And I, I have to believe that you can trace this back to, well, you know, as Samuel Adams said, this, this universal ignorance. Oh, and moral degradation. And, and depravity. Yeah. What is it called? Uh, the, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. And that's, right. that's what we've lost in America. We, we, d- we have lost this, this understanding. And so in, in, uh, in, the, in the court system, we have no sense of due process. So in public life, we don't apply the principles of due process. And every person is judged in the, uh, you know, in the, in the court of public opinion. And all I have to do is, is throw out slanderous comments about you, and they don't have to mean anything, right? Yeah. So you got this New York Times op-ed. I, I make a prediction that it's totally fabricated. That it doesn't actually, never ever came from anybody within the Trump administration. It's more fake news. But what does it matter? I because Sarah Palin, because Sarah Palin could see Russia from her back porch. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. So Once it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Even if they come out later and say, oh, we were, we were hacked, we were duped you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's already out there. There are going to be people all over this world saying somebody in the Trump administration uh, hates Trump, you know? <laughs> I just, because that's I'm what... sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Because that's all the letter boils down yeah. to is, you know, I hate Trump. Right. So. Well, I mean, how could you have an organization that big and have somebody not be disgruntled? I mean, it, it, that's the silly part about it. It'd be like Ben Sass. He said, hey, I think about leaving the party every day. He, he says his opposition openly when he is against the president, and then when he agrees with the president, he says it openly. Say your piece. Make it, make it known. And that's what we do here. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite person, your favorite personality. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Let me know. America, America, I gave my best to you.